Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is uh, Dr. Tom Curran, and it's the first Friday in the year on a first Friday. I have my lovely daughter, Ariana. She is a freshman at Franciscan University, but she's here to talk about her journey over the last year and a half. Parents, you have seniors, you have juniors in high school, and they're wondering, how do I navigate my way forward after high school? Her daughter, my daughter, Ariana, will, is here to provide some sound insight, sharing a bit of her journey along the way. Ariana, I'm excited to have you. Thank you. All right, we're gonna get started in just a minute, so please stay tuned for some sound insight. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. And we begin each program with a prayer. And today, Ariana is going to lead us in prayer. And let's open in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I just pray that you would guide this conversation, and I thank you for the opportunity to be back home with my family over the holidays, and I pray that you would just bless us in this new year, and that you would lead us and guide us in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ariana. I appreciate that prayer. You know, it's uh, it's been wonderful. It's been a real blessing having you home uh, over... Uh, this Christmas break, uh, you got here. You guys, you guys got back in the middle of December. Yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah, boy. Um, but you've been busy. <laughs> you've yes. been busy. So I think you can probably relate to this. One of the models of the church, one of the ways of understanding what the church is. If you say, well, "What's the church?" The church is uh, the. Uh, the, the continuation of Christ on earth, right? One of the ways of de- describing the nature of the church is to call the church the family of God. That when people are baptized, when they come into this transforming union with Christ, uh, they uh, become part of God's family. And in, in God's family, you, you share this fellowship with brothers and sisters, not just of blood, but brothers and sisters that are connected to you in faith. Do you have any idea why I'm sharing that idea with you over this Christmas break? Probably because I had some of my friends that are Christian come and visit me. Yes. Come and visit you is one way of saying it. Coming and taking over the bottom portion of our house for probably almost a week. Just about, yes. Just about a week. Yeah. And that was really neat. It was neat to see you with these friends of yours. Uh, that you got to know through the um, the missionary year that you took um, when you graduated from high school. Uh, and so it was called uh, The World Race, and we'll have a chance to talk a bit more about that. But uh, it was amazing to see how your friends make bring things out of you that maybe mom and dad don't bring out of you, or even your siblings don't bring out of you. Do you realize that? I'm not sure. Yeah. No, it's really true. It's, uh, I would say that I see you 
as uh, a leader, as someone who is a uh, like an, uh, someone who organizes structures and moves a group forward. I saw that very particularly with your friends in a way that as the fourth child of nine kids in our home, it might be um, uh, less apparent or less likely or uh, there's just a different kind of dynamic that goes on. Um, but watching you with these uh brothers and sisters in Christ, these peers, these friends, it was really neat to see you sort of step up and, and lead the way. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> did, you, did you notice any of that? Like when you were, when you think about uh, uh, the idea of being with your friends, you just think of, you, I'm just Ariana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's nothing that um, maybe you feel like is, is freed up in you or opens up in you. I'm not sure. You're not sure. Yeah. Well, that's okay. So, um, so we're talking about these friends, and uh, the the context for this conversation, Ariana, is that um, I have a lot of parents who talk with me and with your mom, with Carrie, about, hey, how did you make a decision to have your kids do what they did after high school? And I knew that when I grew up, and when we were bringing you kids up when you were younger. It was a very natural thing to think, oh, they go through 12 years of high school, then they do four years of college, and then they go out into the world, they get a job, they get a career, and they get married and have a family. It's sort of very straight line. And uh, I, a lot of people still you know, follow that path. That's the sort of natural flow of things. And, and yet it it has definitely been the case in, in our family life that that didn't happen like that. It didn't happen like that for, um, well, three of our first four kids. And you're number four. Uh, and then our fifth and sixth kid, I, I guess five out of our first six kids did not do 12 years of high school and then off to college. And I guess maybe even Mary Catherine, the one outlier, even that was a little different for her because she when we moved, ended up doing um, some homeschooling for a, a time in a co-op. So uh, the idea of what's the right path, what's the natural path for parents to shepherd their kids in and, and help them find their, their next step after high school, uh, it's something that sort of surprised us. Uh, it first surprised us with your oldest sister, Mary Grace, who uh, let us know in her fall semester that she was going to uh, discern and then ended up deciding not to go to college uh, after high school immediately, but to put that off for a year and spend a year on mission, doing missionary work through adventures and missions. And sure enough, daughter number four, that was you, um, we had a chance to talk with you um, about a year, well, almost two years ago, when you had that same kind of discernment. Uh, do you remember when we talked about that back then? Yes, I do. Okay, so do you remember, like, let's let's put yourself into that moment where here it is, it's January of your senior year in high school. You know, that's two years ago now. Um, do you remember that moment where you were, like, contemplating your options and, and saying to yourself, well, what should I do after high school? Yes, I remember when I decided I wanted to go on the race. I was talking to one of my friends. Her name is Sylvia. She went on the race with me as well, and she told me, that she had signed up for the world race and she had been accepted. And when she told me that, I felt like I, I was jealous. I was like, wait, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I want to do. 
And so then I, I went home and I signed up. And you had to, there was an application process and, and they interviewed you. And yes. Uh, do you remember anything about the interview? I was nervous. I don't know why. I don't, I haven't met anyone that didn't get in, but I was very nervous and I was scared to go because it was a long time away. So for the folks who aren't aware of what you ended up discerning and deciding to do, um, people hear about a gap year. Now your, uh, your gap year, they actually refer to it as, uh, a world gap year, world race. Um, so talk about what that year after high school meant for you doing this, um, world race for a year. What, 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 what was, what was involved in that? So I was gone from home for nine months from August to May, so basically a school year, and I was traveling with 45, about other 18 to 22-year-olds and a few leaders, and we went to four countries in nine months, and we did mission work there for about two to three months in the countries, and we did some training before and like debrief at the end. And so what were the countries that you went to? I went to Guatemala, Romania, South Africa, and Eswatini. Eswatini is that uh, sort of country that's almost, isn't it encapsulated by South Africa? Yes. Yeah. And so give us, uh, like, so in doing that mission work, what do you remember what it was that drew you to say, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to go instead, spend nine months living... Um, Living a life that's not that comfortable, you know, lifting, living in, in settings that are not comfortable, they're challenging, there's sacrifices involved, and um, you're going to be preaching the gospel and serving uh, on behalf of Christ in these uh, mostly third world settings. Yeah, I saw my, well, the relationships that my oldest sister, Mary Grace, had made on the race, and I saw how she grew in her faith, and I saw what her journey looked like and I wanted that. And I also went and I visited Mary Catherine, my older sister who's a junior at Franciscan. I visited her her freshman year at Franciscan when I was a senior in high school and I did not want to go. I went there and I was like this is not where I'm supposed to go next year. I did not feel peace about going there. And when I prayed about the race, I felt a lot of peace about doing it and encouragement from friends and family. Wow, that's so interesting that because uh, you, you're now at Franciscan, mm -hmm. but at that time, the, so there's a timing issue involved. That there are there are times and seasons in in God's plan and God's work. That in one moment you went there and it was like, no, this isn't right for me right now, and and then off you went to do the race. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, along the way and in, in the course of the race, if if I had to say or ask you, what would be the the, the greatest fruits that you experienced, uh, any transformation, personal growth, spiritual growth, um, way of looking at the world or yourself, um, what would be some uh, markers that you would identify, the aspects of your life that, that were changed as a result of doing that year on mission? I learned the importance of Christian community, and I really created some deep faith-filled friendships that I cherish so much to this day. Even though I don't see those friends that often, I still love them very much. And I'm so thankful for those relationships that I have and for Christ-centered relationships. 
and I learned the importance of trusting in the Lord even when you do not know what's next and just trusting that his word is true and what he tells you is true. I learned a lot of patience living sometimes in a room with like 20 girls. We would all share one bathroom and I learned that maybe how I grew up isn't how other people grew up and I just have to be patient with them and love them in that way. And I learned how to see the world in a better way that Christ sees it and to appreciate what I've been given. I, I, I love that. Let's, let's start with the last thing that you just mentioned. One of the, one of the things that it's hard to really see is just how comfortable we have it here in America um, with the material comforts and the the breadth of services and opportunities that, and things that are just around us. Uh, you were in some settings where you just didn't have a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, when I was in, it was probably most prevalent in Eswatini. I was in a base where we had only cold showers and there'd be like frogs or crickets in the showers, under our beds, just walking around. And we'd go to these care points, our ministry sites, and we'd see kids who had like holes in their clothing. They'd come to the care points to have to get some food. We'd feed them like rice and dehydrated vegetables. And for a lot of them, that was their only meal of the day, or they'd eat their food, eat a bowl of it. Then they'd get it filled up again to bring home to the to their parents or to the rest of their families. So that really just put into perspective all of those things, put into perspective how much more I have and how grateful I should be. Yeah, that's awesome. Did it also give you sort of a, like a let's call it a heart for mission, like a heart for um, serving um, the Lord or serving in the world in his name? Yes, it did. But what I think it made me realize, you kind of mentioned in the beginning, is that... Well, I learned that there are two parts of the church, the church that like goes out and brings new people in, and then there's the part of the church that builds people up that are already in the church. And how you talked about my leadership qualities, I feel that in regards to mission, I am better equipped with building people up that are already in the church. I do love serving people that I don't know, but I think my strong suits are with leading other people and delegating and how they should walk. Well, I think of um, one of the things that mom was saying. We were just, uh, just you know, mom and I talk in the morning or at night or whatever, and and she was saying how good you are, the, the gift you have of like organizing games, like family games or games with people, and just making sure that everyone's having fun or getting included and all that. And and, and that's not something that to take for, <coughs> excuse me, to take for granted. Not everyone either has that gift or um, knows how to exercise it, especially in dynamics that involve a family. So uh, for sure, that's something that I don't know if it, it just sort of grew and blossomed in you on the race, but it, I, I, I see that as an example of, of um, what you're saying. Um, and, and, and that's not even, that might seem like a small thing, but it's actually quite a big thing because we're talking about helping people experience a sense of enjoyment together. And it's not always easy to just enjoy each other together in a group. So, so when um, so folks listening to this, 
uh, their parents listening to this and maybe they're having their their high school junior senior they're kind of thinking about and praying about what's happening next for them in life um, what would you say to them about uh, the idea of moving not immediately into college after high school but um, entering a process of discerning taking a year to go forward on mission um, we're up against a break so you get a chance to think about that for a minute when we come back uh, my daughter Ariana Curran uh, she's a freshman at Franciscan but talking a little bit about what she did the year previous uh, doing a year of missionary work uh, we'll hear her answer welcome back to the program this is Tom Curran it's great to be with you it's been a while since I've been with you I've been sick. You might even still hear it in my voice, but I have been sick for a week. It has been awful. Um, and it says, in, and one of the Proverbs says, listen to this one, Ariana. Uh, in times of adversity, you forget prosperity. And in times of prosperity, you forget adversity. Does that make any sense? Yes. Like when you're sick. When I'm sick, it's like I can't even remember what it's like to feel better. And to not be sick. And when I'm all better, I forget how awful it feels and how drained and how like completely empty of energy and, and just terrible it feels being sick. So in times of prosperity, you forget adversity. In times of adversity, you forget prosperity. So uh, Ariana, folks are, uh, are really discerning today uh, because there are lots of options out there for, for their uh, high schoolers regarding what should I do next? What should I do after high school? So those that are thinking about or praying about uh, uh, what they should do, and maybe college has been the principal thing they do, or maybe the people just talk about take a year off, take a year off and go work and save some money or you know take a gap year and just sort of figure stuff out. Um, doing something that's more intentional, like taking a year and doing uh, a year of service on mission, um, what would you say would be uh, their message to them as they're considering something like that? If you are looking for a good community of Christian friends and you don't mind being a little bit homesick and being away for the holidays, I would definitely pray about doing a mission trip gap year. It is totally worth it and was probably the best year of my life so far. Really? Yeah. I've never heard you say that. Really? Yeah. The best oh. year of my life so far, the year where I was away from mom and dad. <laughs> that wasn't the reason why it was the best year. Yeah. It was what the Lord brought you into during that year that made it the best year. That's really powerful. Now, do you... Okay, let's let's shift a little bit. Oh, so the, the program that you went on, uh, you people can find out about it by going to the website Adventures. That has an S on it. Adventures in Mission. Adventures in Missions, sorry, there's an S at the end as well, adventuresinmissions.com, oh, .org. .org. Thank you, Ariana. See, uh, eventually we'll get it right, adventuresinmissions.org. I know that, I, and yours is interdenominational, like I know that yes. you did not encounter many Catholics um, on your mission. No, and on my squad, I was the only Catholic. And Mary Grace had, I think, just one or two Catholics on her squad. Mm -hmm. um, and yet we have found uh, them, we, Carrie and I and our family, have found uh, the group to be wonderfully open to other denominations. It's not like it's run by a particular denomination. So it's interdenominational. 
Uh, but I think there is an emphasis on praise and worship, being open to the Spirit, having an expectation that God moves in power. Is that true? Yes. And seeking God in Scripture and um, in devotion, hearing from God and and like speaking words of life over each other, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I love all of that because that's something that I think that um, many Catholics have just not experienced um, very much of in their ordinary Catholic settings. Was that true? Yes. I found that I read my Bible more on the race than I had ever in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And how did that, how was that a blessing to you? It was a great way to start my day. I felt refreshed in the morning when I read it. And in times of trial, it was good to reflect on passages that I had read or memorized. And it was really encouraging to see all of my other, like my friends on the race also reading the word, asking me about what the Lord is walking me through, encouraging me with um, scripture that they had read during the day or during that week. Yeah. Well, and when I think about that, it's like that for me, that's worth that's worth the year. When I think about um, like the level of maturity that a typical high schooler has when they finish their high school years, now they're going to go off to college and they're going to be away from home typically. Sometimes they're still living at home, but if they're away from home, now they're living in a dorm with a bunch of other 18 to 21 or 22-year-olds um, outside of sort of the family rules that it is so easy to fall into all kinds of things that are just not going to be life-giving or godly, um, even at Catholic schools. And so to give you that year to put an emphasis on your identity in Christ, that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ as a Catholic Christian disciple of Jesus, and I'm here to preach his word and to spread his kingdom, that that's my identity and purpose every day when I get up, grounding you in that, that for me is incredibly valuable and that's worth setting aside a year or nine months, a school year, setting aside a school year and immersing you into a situation like that. That's pure gold to me. So that's, that's my perspective on it, Ariana, like why I valued and supported very much your doing that kind of mission. I know this is a, uh, because this is a, a, a Catholic network and a Catholic station, and a number of folks may not feel comfortable having their son or daughter do a year on mission um, in a setting that isn't maybe directly or uh, specifically Catholic. I think of um, opportunities like NET. That's probably the, the biggest and most widely known um, program for uh, people who finish high school and then could take a year. Uh, and do a year of uh, doing retreat work in a van traveling around the country, typically. Um, And so typically it's, what, 10 to 12 uh, uh, teams, uh, teams of 10 to 12 young men and women who are uh, driving around and um, giving retreats at, uh, you know, middle schools and high schools. Um, And so that's that's their ministry work. Um, And so we had one of our neighbors uh, do that. Was that uh, Mary Catherine's classmate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she did that uh, for a year. I don't know how that uh, went for her. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, uh, my uh, your Uncle George, my older brother, did net for two years after he graduated from college. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So he did net for two years and, and loved it. And that there's actually an impact that traces all the way to me and then down to you because of that. Um, because he went from net 
to actually doing church ministry work for the next like 13 years of his life, including starting um, men's and women's households. And so when I left the seminary, I lived in a men's household for a couple of years, and that really shaped how I live today as a husband and father. So you benefited from net. How about that? You had no idea, did you, Ariana? Nope, that is wonderful. Isn't that cool? All right, so um, so net ministries, and uh, I'm sure there are other ministries out there as well for folks who are saying, what you know, what what are some options for my son or daughter? All right, so now you're coming back from uh, mission. Uh, here you are, back home, and uh, you knew, okay, when I come back, I'm headed off to Franciscan University of Steubenville. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you came back, there was also this chatter that was developing in the home that you might have more than just Mary Catherine with you. Uh, that first John Mark, uh, your brother, who is going to be a senior in high school, and then John Luke, who's going to be a junior in high school, might also be able to actually join you as freshmen. Uh, do you remember that whole kind of shaking of the snow globe happening around here? Yes, I was advocating for it strongly. <laughs> <laughs> why, why were you excited about that idea? Because it's fun. I love hanging out with my brothers and MC, or Mary Catherine, John Mark, John Luke, and I, the four of us, we hang out a lot. And it was really fun. My senior year of high school, going to school with them, driving them to school every day, going to their basketball games. And I had just been gone for nine months. So the idea of going to college with them sounded great to me. That's awesome. So when you, um, uh, I want to say that you didn't give a ton of like focus on, okay, let me make my list of 13 top colleges I'll go to and let me go visit the (laughs) the top seven of them and all of that. For you, it was more straightforward. Yes. I went and I mentioned this earlier. I visited Mary Catherine my senior year of high school and she was a freshman at Franciscan and I did not like it. I did not want to go to Franciscan after that. I just didn't feel called to it and I then was set on going on this mission mission trip. Then a few months into the mission trip, right around Thanksgiving, I was talking to my sister about Franciscan and she was like, you should definitely just come here. And if not, because the Lord says you should just come to hang out with me. And I was like, what a great idea. Cause I hadn't seen her for a few months at that point. So I prayed about it and I applied and it didn't sound like a bad idea. I felt a lot of peace about going And it actually turned into me being really excited to go. And I couldn't wait to go spend time with my sister, go to this college where it's mostly Catholic and like a majority is Catholic, majority is believers. That sounded really great to me after coming off a mission trip where I was living in community 24-7. So uh, I I think that's funny because, um, again, when I hear stories from parents, it's kind of across the – like. There's just a variety of different um, kind of experiences, but a lot of them, um, you know, it's it's a routine thing that they're applying to, again, five, seven, ten colleges, and, and even taking road trips to see a number of colleges. So um, for some people, uh, when they hear your story, it's kind of like, whoa, that is just so different than mine. But that's how God was working with you. And so I don't think that there's a sort of, a, here's the right way to do it, here's the other than to say, am I open to God? Am I testing my thinking with the Lord? And am I looking for the signs that make me feel like this could be a good fit? 
um, to be going to this school and not that school. And in the end, it ended up kind of flowing, kind of like sort of the, the dam burst that opened up pretty naturally. And all of a sudden, you're really excited to be there. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, do you remember we got on the plane together, you and me and your two brothers, uh, to go to orientation? And uh, those very first days, we got there and um, we made a, I don't know, how many times did we go to Walmart? And Too many. <laughs> too many times to get stuff for your uh, dorm room and for their rooms. And uh, eventually we made it all the way up to Ikea. And did we go to Costco too? I think it was Ikea. Anyways, maybe Costco. Home but goods. Home goods. Yeah, home goods. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. It just to get stuff for you guys. And um, what was that like? Was it, was it, were you nervous at all? Or just, um, I mean, you might, must have been at least a little apprehensive. I was excited. I don't think I was nervous. I'm, I don't really, I wasn't really nervous to meet people because I, from moving, switching schools a few times, I had done it so much that I, that doesn't bother me. And I had talked to some people online that I knew were going to be in my freshman class. So I had already kind of made friends and I had my sister that made it very easy to just go into the school year. And I knew going in with two brothers who were also in my grade, it wouldn't be bad. So I, that's probably different than from what a lot of people experience their freshman year, first time leaving home. I was like, been there, done that. I didn't mind. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It's like there was something really, uh, let's call it, I want to say unique, but you had two other people with you that had, no, you were the only one of the four. You went away for a year, mm-hmm. so you'd already been away from home Yeah, and had to, again, kind of make connections with these friends. Uh, even there, though, you had Sylvia and Knox. You had a, a couple of mm-hmm. uh, uh, kids from your from the Oaks or, and or families you knew uh, that were there. Um, and then all of a sudden, you show up at college and you have two brothers with you, also freshmen coming in, and a sister that's a junior. So that that's a huge advantage. I think that that was a huge blessing for you. Um, do you remember any? Do any? Any of the events stand out from you from that orientation uh, that was like, wow, this this is more than I expected. Like, do you remember I was taking the video of the welcome line where they were just cheering uh-huh. you guys on and you all walked in? Um, or uh, I remember the, like for me, a highlight was the first praise and worship on Saturday night. So that was a, that was an amazing experience there. Um, was there anything about orientation, even like they had the skits and the, you know, the different things they were introducing you to? I, before my sister landed that weekend, I went to her households. It's like a Catholic sorority is a household. I went to her household's Lord's Day. It's where they just like do, they all go around in a circle and like say a prayer, introduce themselves and like tell the person next to them that they love them and that they are the light of Christ. And then they do the gospel reading for the um, following day because it's the Lord's Day on Saturday. And then they like reflect on it. And that was really cool for me to see a group of Catholic girls who were really intentional with their faith and who made the decision to commit to this household and to commit to one another as sisters in Christ and to just take that time to do the to do the Lord's day and to do the commitments that they had promised each other that they would do. 
yeah, and um, I didn't some of them like, oh, you must be Mary Catherine's sister, or did yes. some of them even think you were Mary Catherine? I did get called MC, and uh, a lot of people said that we sounded alike. There, I introduced myself, and they were like, "You sound just like your sister," and that's how they learned who I was. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, I I remember helping you move in, and um, when they heard your name, they're like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, we know Mary Catherine's sister or MC." They go, "I call oh, her." Yes. Yeah, it was was coming and. Again, that that's just sort of a it must make you feel a little bit like again a softer landing, sort of an easier arrival. So, mm-hmm. well, that's really cool, Ariana. Well, I'm talking with my daughter Ariana Curran. We're walking through just just sort of the lived experience that she's had this first semester, and doing so to kind of give you and this faith and family at the beginning of this new year a sense of what's it like to walk that journey from high school to college. Back in a minute with more sound insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out. DrTomCurran.com, DrTomCurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Dr. Tom Curran. I'm with my daughter, Ariana. And again, I encourage you to uh, listen to this program. Maybe let, listen, have it listen to it with your spouse or pass it on to your children, your grandchildren, especially those in high school. Try to discern, like, what's the right school for me? I, as a parent, I, it's so important for me, I realize that, not only do I want to get them launched into the early grades correctly and so critical to have them at the right high school, but even to accompany them into the right decision for their college years, it's it's such such important foundations in place for them as as young adults who are increasingly taking responsibility and accountability over their own lives. To do that in a context and in the midst of an atmosphere that will be uh, fully Catholic, um, and marked by a, a Catholic set of, of vision and values for their lives. So it's so it's it's a beautiful and glorious thing when that can happen. And I know that that's something that um, Carrie and I uh, see happening at Franciscan. And we're here to have our uh, daughter Ariana talk about it. She's a freshman finishing her first semester um, after her high school years through that year of mission work. And now here you are in your first year finishing your first semester. Um, I want to talk a bit about first that that spiritual component. You mentioned the the Lord's Day and and um, the households. When Mary Catherine comes on, we'll have a chance to have her talk about that a little bit more. But what's it been like for you in terms of living and growing as a Catholic at Franciscan University? You spent a year on mission, principally with Christians, um, and it, you grew in certain dimensions. You talked about the scriptures. What's it been like? Uh, in terms of living as a Catholic and growing as a Catholic at Franciscan University? It's really encouraging for me at Franciscan to see mostly, uh, or most of my Catholic friends going to daily Mass, asking me if I want to go to daily Mass, coming to different household commitments with me, just casually being like, oh, I have to go like pray my rosary. I'm going to go to the port or the, to the chapel to go to adoration and it's really exciting and 
fun for me to see them living out their Catholic faiths in contrast to the nine months I did it on mission where I was the only Catholic on my squad. Well, and I think that um, what you're experiencing at Steubenville, at Franciscan University, is something that is rare. It It's not like that's something that is happening on every campus that is part of a self-identifying Catholic college. I think that's a very beautiful thing. It's a real gift that you're, you have uh, being at Franciscan. And so um, I love that that's happening. Um, do you feel like your faith with your siblings has come out into the open more? Um, you guys living, practicing, expressing your Catholic faith together? Yeah, I mean, I go to daily mass with them sometimes, or we'll text each other and ask if we want to go to mass at like the same time during the day, and then we'll go get dinner after, or we'll find ourselves talking about different ways that we've like seen our friends practice their Catholic faith, or especially MC, she'll talk about how she loves the sisters in her household because of their faith, and how she's like, wow, they're so holy, I want to be holy like them, and that's just something... I don't know, exciting for us to be able to share. Now, is it, uh, we're talking a lot about faith and stuff like that. Let's talk about fun. Is it fun at Franciscan? Do you enjoy being there? Yes, I do. It took some time for me to find like my group of people, but now that I have, I love it a lot. I love hanging out with them and I love seeing my siblings basically every day. I'm with at least one of them. Do you, um, now you guys have gotten involved in rec, uh, um, uh, intramurals. Intramural sports. Yes. Talk about that a little. I did indoor volleyball intramurals and outdoor soccer, and um, they were both co-ed, and they were so fun. I played soccer with my on my brother's team, the three of – well, I just – MC did play a little bit too, but mainly my brothers and I would play in the games, and it was so much fun. I loved it. It was great to play competitively-ish again after not playing for a while and because I grew up doing club soccer it was it was great and then volleyball was also a lot of fun and I played in high school so I had a little bit more experience than some other people that we were playing with or playing against but it was great I loved it a lot and I'm excited to continue to play in the next few years yeah, I think that that's, uh, again, that beautiful, being able to incorporate sports, athletics, uh, is is a wonderful gift. And uh, one of the things that we, mom and I had said was that we wanted you guys to be able to play sports through high school so that you could enjoy sports in college. Not that you'd play college sports, but you'd enjoy sports in college. Mission accomplished? <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> nice. I love that. So it's, it's funny because we've gotten this far into the conversation and we still haven't talked about academics. I know that that can be the first thing that can be the entry point for a lot of parents. It's like, well, what do you want to be? What do you want to study? What career do you want to go into? And they're asking that of their junior or senior in high school. And they're like, well, I want to be a nurse or I want to be um, you know, a lawyer or, or things that it's hard to figure out at that age. Um, but then the school tends to be the one that has a good program for this or that major. And that's not a bad decision. It's just something that can um, be maybe the central weight. Um, and so for mom and me, for Carrie and I, uh, for us, sorry, for Carrie and me, um, we think about the, edu- uh, the major as being important, 
um, but part of that whole constellation of other goods that are at stake. And we want those other goods to be in place so that the studies can also be something that helps you grow as a person, but not in a context that will be more toxic. And so um, what major are you? Finance. Finance. You're a business major with a finance concentration. Yes, sir. Yes, that's great. Uh, what uh, what class did you enjoy the most? Which class did you find the hardest this first semester? Mm, the class that I enjoyed like doing the work for was probably managerial accounting. It was a lot of numbers and math, and that was fun. And, well, the class I enjoyed like sitting in on the most was probably intro to business because I had a fun teacher and I had a couple of friends in that class. So that made it really enjoyable. The class that I found most difficult wasn't even a class that I had to take. I took it because Mary Catherine took it and she said I should. And that was human embryology. That was a lot of studying, a lot of memorizing. But what I learned in that class, I think will be really valuable later on in life. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was a lot about like pregnancy Mm -hmm. and like biblical arguments against abortion and like stem cell research. I don't know, but stuff that I should know if I ever want to be a mother. Wow. Oh, that's, that's really wonderful. Now, um, do you find that, um, you were like, I, I know when I would contact you guys, you would often be texting back. I'm studying with John Luke. I'm here at the, uh, the, the JC, the JC, uh, that's kind of the student center at the student center with one or other or several of your siblings and you're, uh, studying. Mm-hmm. Were you really studying? I mean, I didn't have any classes with them, but I was studying in the same area as them for like, I don't know, 40% of the time we would get work done sometimes, yeah. but we'd also just like get food, get lunch, hang out. And then people would just be coming in and out. So we'd spend time talking to other people, but I passed. That's all that matters. <laughs> nice. Did you find that um, you were uh, a little bit of a big sister to your brothers regarding um, either who they're hanging around with or what they're doing or whatever? Did you ever fall into the older sister role? Like telling them what they should and shouldn't yeah, do? Yeah, hey, don't be a knucklehead. Um, a little bit, but not too much. I enjoy hanging out with them. I see them more as just like, oh, it's one of my friends that I'm hanging out with. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't didn't get too hard, hard on them. Nice. Well, I want you to be a little bit protective of them. <laughs> yeah. Even as I want them to be protective of you. I'll as, let them figure it as, out. As the brothers, they're going to be the chivalrous ones. Ah, uh, yes. Nice. So um, looking back on your experience of this first semester, um, what are you excited about as you're getting ready to go back next semester? I'm excited to see my friends and to look at households. There are two households that I want to potentially join one of them. I'm not sure yet, though. I have to go to commitments and meet the girls, figure it out. And I am excited to do have classes with my friends because first semester was kind of like you were just given your schedule, and then for second semester you got to sign up for your classes So a group of friends and I all organized it so that we would have a lot of classes together. I'm really excited for that. And I'm excited to just deepen my relationships with the people I've already met. Nice. So you have um, an opportunity now. Here you are. Um, You did the race. 
do you feel like doing the world race during that year of mission work prepared you to succeed at Franciscan in any specific ways? I think oh, oh. we're gonna have to wait on that answer. You're saved by the by the music there. Great. That's my daughter Ariana Courage. And when we come back, she's gonna answer that question of how can a year like a gap year doing a year of missionary work, how did that actually prepare you to 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 flourish at Franciscan University? And we'll hear her answer in just one minute. Welcome back to the program. It's great to be with you all. If you're enjoying this program, please go to Apple Podcasts. You can listen to the Dr. Tom Curran podcast, the Dr. Tom Curran podcast, which would be a wonderful opportunity for you to um, listen to this as well as other programs. If you want to hear that interview that I did with her brother, John Mark, you can just go look for it there. Uh, it's also found on Spotify, or you can go to mycatholicfaith.org, mycatholicfaith.org. Dot org, all one word, mycatholicfaith.org. And there you can not only um, listen to all the programs of Sound Insight, you can also get access to free downloadable resources, digital resources that includes audios, videos, and digital books that will be a blessing to you and help you to grow in faith. So Ariana, growing in faith, uh, how did your mission year, do you feel like that the year on mission was um, a, a wonderful formative preparation for going to college. Yes, and specifically I think it helped me realize what types of friendships I wanted and it helped me understand more what a relationship centered by Christ looks like and how to push others towards Christ or inspire others to grow closer to him or to check friends when they're not following the Lord in some mm-hmm. ways. That is something, you know, that's a great point. Like what you just said was like learning how to navigate relationships, brothers and sisters, like your sisters in Christ. Like how do I support them? How do I encourage them? And how do I hold them accountable? Right? So being equipped to do all three of those things, that's not something that just naturally happens in many cases. Right? So normally that's something you have to be trained to do. You have to be taught how to affirm, taught how to encourage, taught how to speak in and challenge someone else to be able to say, are you living according to God's best for you? Uh, tell me how this is living out the ideal that you've set for yourself. Um, that That's probably something that you had to learn and work on during the race. Mm-hmm. We did that mainly with our teams in a form of feedback is what we called it. And we would give affirming feedback or encouraging feedback. Encouraging was similar to constructive criticism is another word for it. And we would either affirm what they had done well that day or during that week and how they had led others to Christ or look like Christ. Or with encouraging feedback, we would just encourage them to look more like Christ in specific ways. For example, if someone always had like their stuff all over the floor and they were messy. We And we had asked them, oh, we're going to try to keep our room tidier. We would, the type of feedback would be similar to something like you could look more like Christ by respecting what we have asked of you and by respecting and honoring the space that has been given to you by picking up after yourself or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to hear that, is it? 
No, <laughs> but it's but, okay. It's good. But it's not easy to give it either, right? Yeah. I think I'm better at giving it than some people, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Well, and I think that some of it is like the home that you grow, you were brought up in, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think that um, you know, we didn't do everything well. One thing we did try to instill in you guys was a sense of how to affirm each other. So uh, hopefully that's something that you were able to take with you. So coming back to Franciscan University, um, uh, that was a way that you were equipped. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, so the studies you found challenging, but you've done really well. Yes. Yeah, that's beautiful. First semester was good. Yeah. So uh, talking to parents again and the students, um, what would you say to them would be the best reasons to consider Franciscan University of Steubenville as um, the choice, a choice, uh, the best choice for them if they're considering college as their right next step? I would say look at the type of student you want your kid to be and look at the type of person you want them to be and you can compare Franciscan students to other schools to specifically state schools and you can see a big difference in how seriously people take their faith or how well they treat others or honestly how well they respect themselves and you can just see that Franciscan is far more equipped to make your child that type of person or to shape them into that type of person than possibly some other options. Mm-hmm. Nice. And um, what about for uh, the students themselves? Now, you've, now you're now you sitting in front of uh, a, 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 an auditorium full of high school seniors who came to hear you share about your experience at Franciscan University and doing the, the gap year missionary year. Um, now talk to them and say, hey, here's why I want to invite you to come and uh, be a student, come and and, uh, apply to Franciscan University? Well, I'm not sure how many people this applies to, but growing up, my Catholic faith for a lot of my life was my parents saying, okay, time to go to Mass, time to go to youth group, time to go to this retreat. And for me, it was fine, but it wasn't very fun. At Franciscan, though, I found that I am having a lot of fun with my faith and with the friends that I'm sharing my faith with. And so if you want people that not only will you like have similar morals to, but people that you will enjoy hanging out with, I would say you should strongly consider going to Franciscan because I'm sure you'll meet someone who is your type of person or someone that you could really enjoy or benefit from being around. Now, what about if they say, well, what's it like living in Steubenville, Ohio? Do you ever feel claustrophobic? Do you ever feel like it's such a tiny school? Or do you have a sense that, oh, no, Franciscans, actually, it's, it's bigger than you think. And it's, uh, I, I don't get that feeling. Franciscan, the school itself is probably bigger than you would imagine, even though it's around like 3,000 students. Yeah, undergraduates. I think it's closer to 4,000 oh. with uh, graduates, too. I've been unintentionally lying to people. <laughs> That's my bad. It doesn't, you still are meeting new people very often. And you don't need a lot of people at a school to make it worthwhile 
because how many of those like 40,000 kids at a state school are you actually going to be friends with? You don't, as long as you have like deep relationships and good friendships, you don't need that many. And as far as the campus, I'm not going to lie, it does get kind of boring and I wish I had a car, but that's okay. Some of my friends have cars, they can drive me places and you just kind of have to make fun for yourself on campus. Like I have fun just hanging out with my friends. We'll go up to the field and play sports. We'll go to the gym and play sports. We'll just hang out and talk. We'll play games or do game nights and we'll have bonfires, go watch the sunset. I don't know. So was it different? Is my, uh, we're getting close to the end of the program. So I just have, I think, maybe one more question for you here. And that is, um, you spent a year, um, nine, ten months away from home uh, on, the, on the missionary year. And now you spent a semester away from home. After just being home for a couple of months, you went to school for that whole first semester. Is it different coming back home now? I think I appreciate time with my little siblings more. It's less freedom at home. Like, yes, I do have a car and I can go places more easily than at school, but I'm also held more responsible for having a job or doing daily chores. But I do value more when I come home for a break the fact that I have a comfortable bed and the fact that my mom cooks our food for us. And I don't know, the freedom of being able to just hang out at my house is nice. And you have to say something about your dad. I mean, come on. Oh, I love coming home and hanging out with my parents. Oh, you didn't even say, you said my parents. You didn't say my dad. I mean, come on. Well, I don't want to leave mom out. Okay. My dad. Well, you mentioned mom's mom. cooking. You didn't mention oh. my dad's sense of humor, oh, yeah. good personality. He's come just on. awesome. All right. Okay. <laughs> we play games. That's fun. I love playing games with my family. Yes. Yeah. That that has been great. Here's something that you might be surprised at is that when not only did the, like, there were eight of you home this summer, right? Uh, but when all of you left and there was only the three youngest ones at home, they became more like little kids again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, especially your 14-year-old sister. She became much more like her 12 and uh 11 year old sisters because uh, she didn't have to like stretch up to be with her older siblings and so it was it was beautiful to watch her watch them all kind of come back to uh, being young again or just being younger kids so that was a that was a special gift so um, we missed you guys when you were gone uh, and now that you're back for the break um seeing them all come together and and play games with you all has also been a a beautiful gift. Well, Ariana, we are up against the end of our program. Thanks so much for all of your sharing uh, about your year on mission and and your time at Franciscan. Thanks so much. You're welcome. All right. God bless you all. It's uh, Faith and Family Friday. It's a first Friday. Don't miss out on this great blessing during the Christmas season to make that first Friday during this year. And join me on Monday for more Sound Insight. God bless your day.